Each night, the sun sets, and each morning, the sun rises. This cycle is so foundational to the world and our lives in it that it is nearly impossible to imagine the consequences of a world in which day and night were unpredictable, and less obvious but just as crucial for life to function are the roles which we each individually play, both in nourishing the world around us and in sustaining life as a whole, just as the sun does. Whether in our relationships, families, communities, or the world, we are often tragically blind to the importance of the roles we fill in the lives of others and the functioning of the world. This truth is addressed in one of the greatest stories in Japanese mythology, that of the sun goddess Amaterasu. When, in a moment of depression, the goddess hides herself away in a dark cave, the world is plunged into darkness. The other gods quickly band together to develop a plan to draw her back out into the world. Their actions demonstrate the value and joy of companionship in overcoming struggle and in being lifted from the dark depths of depression and trauma up to a beautiful place of honor. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. It is symbolically said that there are eight million kami, deities who would best be described in English as either gods or spirits, in Shinto, Japan's animistic religious tradition. But almost certainly, the one most central to Japanese culture is a sun goddess, Amaterasu. The Kojiki, the oldest written account of Japanese mythology, tells that Amaterasu, whose name means the one who lights the heavens, is born with two brothers, the kami of the night, Tsukuyomi, and the kami of the sea, Susanoo. Amaterasu's relationships with each of her brothers become tense in time, particularly in this story with the sea kami, Susanoo. As Amaterasu is revered for nourishing life and bringing order to the world, Susanoo, whose name means wild man, often finds himself in conflict with her. Like the sea, Susanoo is often unpredictable. He's at times revered as a hero for fighting and slaying terrifying man-eating beasts, while at other times his wild ocean storms cause destruction for the very same people that he other times saves. This troublesome dual nature eventually leads to Susano being exiled from heaven, at which point he visits his sister, Amaterasu, to say goodbye. Knowing her brother's reputation far too well by this point, Amaterasu is skeptical and asks Susano to prove that he truly only wants to say goodbye instead of cause some trouble. So Susano enters into a contest with Amaterasu to prove that his intentions are pure. And while the specific rules of the contest vary in different accounts by different storytellers, the Kojiki, Japan's oldest collection of mythological stories, tells that Susano wins the contest over his sister, 
proving himself sincere. Finally, proving his pure intentions, Susano goes on a rage in his victory, offended that his sister ever doubted him. Then Susano said to Amaterasu, It was because my intentions were pure, it is obvious that I have won. Thus saying, he raged with victory, breaking down the ridges between Amaterasu's rice paddies. Even though he did this, Amaterasu did not reprove him, but said, My brother must have done this because he thought it was useful to use the land thus. Even though she spoke with good intention, his misdeeds did not cease, but became more flagrant. Amaterasu tries to see the best in Susano, who has become not a sore loser, but rather a sore winner, leaving a path of destruction in his sense of validation. Even as Susano defaces the Kami's heavenly banquet hall immediately before a harvest festival, Amaterasu tries to defend her brother by saying, surely it was a drunken accident. Finally, Susano goes too far when he kills a horse and throws its body into the hall in which Amaterasu's servants are diligently weaving heavenly robes. The shock of this sight scares one of Amaterasu's servants to death. Finally, having had enough of her brother, Amaterasu does not respond with rage, but with sadness, falls in to a deep depression. In her grief, Amaterasu hides herself away in a cave, rolling a stone over the entrance, vowing never to leave. The other kami notice this quickly as both the heaven and the earth are plunged into darkness. At this time, Amaterasu, seeing the death of her servant, was afraid, and opening the heavenly rock cave door, went in and shut herself inside. Then heaven was completely dark, and the central land of the reed plains was entirely dark. Because of this, constant night reigned and the cries of the myriad kami were everywhere abundant like summer flies, and everywhere calamities arose. Other sources tell that the darkness causes fields of plants to wither, and that countless demons made courageous by the darkness rise to wreak havoc across the earth. People fall into confusion, not knowing the day from the night. Amaterasu's absence is felt quickly by humans and kami alike, who see instantly how dependent they all are on her. On the side of a river near a cave, the eight million kami gather to plan how they will convince Amaterasu to come out. First, the kami gather a group of birds and make them sing their morning songs with the calls of the songbirds and the crowing roosters, the kami make an appeal to Amaterasu's sense of duty, but to no success. Though the world depends on Amaterasu, being reminded of her important responsibility is not enough to bring the goddess back out of her depression. 
So, the Kami regroup, and instead develop a very different kind of plan. Fine jewels are gathered and hung from trees, and the craftswoman, Ishikoridome, constructs a mirror, while the other Kami gather outside the cave. Where there had just been the sounds of birds calling out in hope that the morning would come, the air outside Amaterasu's cave becomes instead filled with joyous sounds. Music and dance and conversation begin to flow between the kami, filling the dark, long night. The clear center of attention in this celebration is the goddess Utsume, a joyous kami of dance and laughter. Utsume dances, at times beautifully and gracefully, at times comically, not caring to take herself too seriously. Without this worry, the goddess transitions into a striptease, altering between seductive and comedic styles. The audience of the myriad kami erupts in sounds of laughter and cheers, amazement and joy, all together. Meanwhile, inside the cave, Amaterasu rises in curiosity. Sounds of birds reminding her of her responsibility, that was expected, but the sounds of revelry coming outside? This was news. Curious as to what could be making the countless kami outside so happy, Amaterasu rolls the stone covering the cave ever so slightly. No longer contained, Amaterasu's light begins to shine out, causing the jewels hung from the trees to sparkle. Seeing this, the kami only grow louder in their celebration, and as Utsume reaches the climax of her dance, she gains a complete hold on Amaterasu's attention and calls for her to come out to see the one even more beautiful than her. Even more intrigued, Amaterasu emerges from the cave fully, at which point her gaze meets the mirror crafted by Ishikoridome, and her own light is reflected back at her. When Amaterasu leaves the cave and sees her own light, the other kami quickly move to cover the cave opening again and seal it so that she cannot descend into darkness again. As Amaterasu's rays illuminate the world once more, life is once again nourished. Demons once again flee from the light, and the world is set back in order. And for her part, Utsume, the kami of joy and laughter, earns a new title, Goddess of the Dawn. With Amaterasu's emergence from the cave, the world once again becomes filled with light. Demons flee, and the fields return to growing. It is clear that the world needs Amaterasu. Indeed, that was clear from the beginning, when the kami tried to appeal to her sense of responsibility with the calling birds. What is newly understood, however, is just how much Amaterasu needs the world. The sun goddess learns that when chaos and unpredictability run rampant on the world, just as they did through her brother Susano, she should not flee from the world and hide, but seek stability in the companionship of others 
and the joy they bring. As Utsume's dance and the Kami's cheers win Amaterasu's attention, it is seeing her own reflection in the mirror that keeps the goddess out of the cave and back in the world. The story of Amaterasu and the cave would go on to become one of the most well-known stories in the Shinto tradition, likely because, like so many great stories, it holds many levels of meaning. The conflicted relationship between Amaterasu and her wild brother Susanoo is relatable at the interpersonal level, certainly, but also in general, as we're each often confronted with chaos and instability. This is seen at the individual level, as Amaterasu's excuses for her brother's misbehavior enabled him to do worse and worse, and we see the importance of prevention over appeasement in upholding one's personal morality. Likewise, Amaterasu's descent into the cave and the other Kami's efforts and success to bring her out provide one possible roadmap for dealing with depression to both the sufferer and their friends, as the Kami help Amaterasu to see her own value and beauty. Finally, on a higher level of society, Amaterasu's rising from the cave demonstrates the importance of rising out of trauma. After all, it is no coincidence that this is one of the most famous stories of Japan, the land of the rising sun, a name which it should now be clear refers to far more than just geography. Remember, the cause of Amaterasu's trauma was her servant's death, an event for which she seems to have placed some blame upon herself. After all, her grief manifested in depression, not anger. And as the sun goddess emerged when reminded of her own beauty and light, the story suggests that peoples and nations, in the midst of collective trauma, seek first what is good in themselves in order to rise up better than before. Thank you for joining in this study of Amaterasu and the cave, one of the most foundational and important stories in all of Japanese mythology. If you've made it this far, that means you are one of the top fans of this channel. I truly appreciate it. I'm glad you're enjoying the work. If you can let me know what you enjoy, go ahead, leave a comment, please, as well as if you would like to recommend anything we do in the future. I love taking requests and learning about areas of the world and stories I might not have heard of before. I would like to give an extra special thank you to Masayuki Jinkawa at the Shinto Kokoro or Shinto Heart website, uh, available in Japanese online at www.shinto-heart.com. They're responsible for much of the beautiful artwork you've seen in this episode, and uh, they are also just a fantastic encyclopedia and store for all things uh, Shinto. I also would like to thank West Sidest on Discord for the help, as well as Daniel at the Santuario Lunar channel. His videos on Japanese mythology and female kami specifically have been very helpful 
in understanding and unlocking a lot of the wisdom in these stories. I'm very thankful for that, and I am especially thankful to you. Um, good news. We are also now available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you like, if you prefer listening in audio form. And uh, just search for Mythos and Logos. You will find us. I will see you next time as we will travel to Europe. Hope to see you around. Thanks for listening. Bye.